0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 21 of Conversations That Don't Suck. So we took a brief pause from the podcast um, for a few weeks and I was choosing not to release episodes during everything that was going on in the United States with the Black Lives Matter protests and um, yeah, felt it was best to not be amplifying my voice and instead to be amplifying the voices of others. So I'm happy to be back now and we'll continue to be yeah, fighting, fighting the good fight. I hope we're in this for a long time, but not longer than we need to be. And if you're looking for allyship practices, um, specifically talking to white people right now, if you're looking for ways to be an ally, I'm going to put a link to some resources in the show notes. There's like a huge, huge list of things that's been compiled by some very brilliant people. I'm talking about like books, articles, podcast episodes, um, movies, all kinds of things that can help to educate you, uh, different funds, bail funds and organizations, movements that you can donate to, um, different ways of, you know, it's, a, it's considered a starter pack. So these are just sort of more passive ways sort of of, of allyship. And there are, of course, many other important ways uh, that we all need to be allies right now in terms of having difficult conversations with the people that we know and love um and there is just no shortage of conversations to be had right now so uh yeah expect more on that in the pot on the podcast um specifically relating to all these topics so all right today on the podcast we have Jan Keck and Jan is the creator of Ask Deep Questions, which is a card deck that is, uh, that all of questions on them and intended to create better conversations, ask deep, deeper questions together. And I had actually heard about Jan and heard about these question cards. I fucking love question cards. If you've ever been to my place in San Francisco, my housemates and I have like 10 different card decks of different questions. Um, and I had heard about Jan and then he and I got connected because there was like a, a group of speakers that were all kind of huddling together virtually um, at the beginning of the pandemic. And he once he like heard what I did when I was introducing myself on that call, he sent me a message and we got connected on LinkedIn and, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I love this guy like I know who this is so I was really excited that we got to connect in this way and record on the podcast together and yeah super juicy conversation about creating more meaningful conversations and how to go beyond the surface level in when we're talking to people and specifically talking to strangers so I hope you enjoy it and I love you all so much thank you so much for listening we live in a world that is starved for more authentic connection better conversations are our first step in getting there Welcome to Conversations That Don't Suck. I'm your host, Kyla Sokol Ward, and I'm here to engage you in truth telling discussions about the super deep, always beautiful, sometimes ugly, and wholly honest parts of being a human. Real connection and empathic communication can feel easy and should be a part of our everyday lives. Most of our conversations suck, these ones don't. Hi, Jan. So happy that you're here today.
1: Oh, I'm so excited. This has been, this is probably the most exciting thing happening today.
0: The most exciting thing. That's a, that's a big statement. What's uh, What's been the theme of your day so far?
1: Um, because my son is staying home with daycares being closed, my morning was spent playing Lego and building oh. quartz.
0: That sounds like a very ideal morning.
1: It is if you're not trying to also get things done. <laughs> that's that's al- always a little bit of my struggle. Like, really staying present with him in the mornings and then my wife comes in the afternoons and she takes over that's where Mm. i get most of my work done but when inspiration hits it's really hard when you have like a little person trying to get your attention you just want to take like a quick note so you don't forget and you can look it up in the afternoon
0: yes uh getting work done that whole thing Yeah, i would imagine that is can be a serious challenge with, with a little human who wants all of your attention and the entirety of you.
1: Yeah, but it's, it's a, it's a good challenge to have. I'm actually enjoying when I, when I don't have other things that are like pressing me to be done urgently that I can actually be present with him and and spend time.
0: Mm, beautiful. Um, well, I would love to uh, for you to tell all the people listening uh, about you and who you are and the things that you create in the world, and we can flow from there.
1: All right. Very open-ended question. I like it. Um, <laughs> whenever somebody asks me what I do, I lately have been simply just saying this one sentence, which is, I help people feel less alone. And then kind of mm-hmm. just see where that takes the conversation because I have this, maybe it's a talent, maybe it's a curse, I'm not sure yet, but I I have all of these crazy ideas and visions for the future, and um, oftentimes get a little bit overwhelmed by too many things floating around, but also I would totally be bored if there was nothing, um, no, no ideas present at all. So I, Create different experiences for people to connect with each other and uh, teach them how to get from small talk to deep human connection. And I used to do that in person. And I tell people, let's all turn off technology, because that's an obstacle, one of the biggest obstacles, our cell phones to connecting with with each other. And then in the last few months, I've been trying my best to experiment with different ways to still recreate this magic of these in-person events, but online through different breakout uh, exercises, through trying to do an eye gazing activity over Zoom. And um, yeah, to to kind of wrap this up, like I created these experiences, but then also I create different tools that help other people who are facilitating events or even just wanna bring their friends closer together at a dinner party. Um, I create these tools like a deck of cards that is called Ask Deep Questions cards and some other things that I'm working on that just again make it much easier for people to build trust and int- intimacy with, with someone else.
0: Mm, yeah, I love that. And I'm I'm just reminded of like the our first introduction together of when you had reached out to me and I was like, oh my gosh, it's the questions guy. Like I knew who you were and I knew about your card deck. Um, or rather, like I knew about the cards, but I didn't know the person behind them. Um yeah, and I think like the 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 questions are so beautiful that you have in the in those card deck in in that card deck, and I'm curious um, if you can share more about like what inspired you to to decide to do something like that. And I ask because I think a lot of people are probably. Um, a lot of people listening could probably agree that they have a hard time creating those meaningful conversations. Um, but to go to the lengths to like create a card deck that really helps people to facilitate those in a way that feels accessible, I'm curious what what motivated you to take that step.
1: Yeah, I, I actually have this theory and I'm gonna run it by you and you let me know if that resonates. And anybody listening can also chime in somewhere where this podcast is (laughs) posted and see if that resonates with them. But I have this theory that, um, you won't really know what real human connection or this, this feeling of, of belonging feels like until you experience it somewhere. And usually I would say Mm. you probably experienced that when you were growing up, hopefully at one point, but as adults, we don't really have those moments very often. And for me, it was a weekend retreat that I attended um, like five or six years ago where they brought together people that were interested in self-growth and we came up with um, our like annual personal goals that we wanted to accomplish. And on the last day, I was looking around the room and everybody was saying goodbye to each other and hugging. And we just did this beautiful closing ceremony. And for the first time, maybe, see people's energy vibrating out of their bodies it was kind of like a mm. almost like a spiritual experience where i now describe it like the care bears when they shoot rainbows out of their bodies <laughs> that's kind of what i what i saw or or felt i can't really describe like what it what it was but um later when i look back at it it was this feeling of oh my god i can be completely myself i don't have to wear any masks i don't have to pretend I can just be myself, be real, be vulnerable, be honest, and still feel accepted as part of this, this community. And for me, that was the, the moment where I realized, okay, I want more of that. How, how do I get more of those moments?
0: What were the things in your life in general that you felt like you had a hard time being vulnerable about, you, where you felt like you couldn't bring your whole self? Like, what was it that you weren't bringing?
1: I think it was not something... That I was conscious of until that point. Yeah. It, like at that point I um, like I grew up in Germany. I moved to Canada, um, and it was six years after I moved there when I attended that retreat. And I would say that um, up until that point, I wasn't aware of any problems. I wasn't aware that my relationships weren't as deep as they could be. I just knew okay, I have some friends. I made some acquaintances. I feel like I've built a network of people. Like I, I connected with a lot of people on LinkedIn and Facebook. So I didn't feel like I didn't know people, but after that experience, when I look back, I realized, Oh, but who are the people I can actually like share something really challenging in my life with, uh, who are the people that I could talk about, like what I'm struggling with in my relationships or, um, maybe a difficult conversation that I'm not sure how to have with a colleague or, or with someone else. Like, who do I actually turn to? And that's when I realized, oh, I don't really have a lot of those people in my life.
0: Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting that you are that you first mentioned that our experiences of belonging happen in childhood. And then as we grow into adults, and I, I wonder just how much of this is cultural also. Um, I would think a lot of adults generally feel like they don't have those connections and um, yeah, did you, when, how long did you live in Germany before you moved to North America?
1: Um, I've been, like, I was in my mid-20s when I moved to to North America.
0: So was that, was it, it was your same experience, like, coming into young adulthood that you felt like those stronger experiences of belonging, like, weren't happening for you over in Germany?
1: When I compare how real, the relationships I, I build in Germany versus, like, Canada, I I oftentimes describe it as um, in Germany, people are more like a coconut, like they're <laughs> really hard exterior. It's really hard to like get to know someone to like, I think Germans in general are not a big fan of small talk, mm-hmm. but it's, it's like if you can't get to the next level, it's just nothing. Like you're just not having any conversation at all. Uh, but once you get to know someone and you get to open up, I think you your relationships, your your friendships are much stronger, uh quicker. Like people are mm. are really open once you get over that first hurdle. And in North America, I've noticed that, and the analogy is people are more like a peach. So very soft on the outside. It's very easy to like chat to someone and do small talk and like you talk to people while you're lining up for a concert or a bar. But getting to that next level of like, hey, uh, let's be really vulnerable and talk about like things and become like create these deep close friendships that's where the heart center of the the peach comes in it's really hard to get there and um looking back at the relationships that I built in Germany it was just like a long time of people that I went to school with I saw every day like we had a lot of time that we actually spent together also a lot of quality time Mm. um moving to a new place and I think anybody who's ever moved to a new city can relate to that it's it's hard if you're not going to a, um, like office workplace where you see the same people every day and maybe there is one or two people that you'll become good friends with. It's hard to even find the time seeing people on a regular basis. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I was just struggling with, with that in general, like how, like, where do I meet people and how do I actually spend that time to get to know them? Because obviously it takes, it takes a long time to get, get to the closer relationships.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that question asking is one of the main things? Well, actually, let me just leave this more open-ended. What do you think are some of the main barriers that people, the adults experience in like creating those stronger relationships? Besides, I know you've mentioned like our, our workplace environment could be one where we're obviously spending a lot of time or not depending on what our uh, work style is, especially these days. But yeah, what, are, what do you think are those main barriers?
1: definitely being vulnerable is one of them. And I think we still live in a society where um, being vulnerable is often seen as a weakness, especially yeah. if we're talking about like workplaces. Yeah. Um, and sharing something that you could be like judged for or made fun of, it's it still takes a lot of courage for people. And again, comparing Germany to North America. I feel like in North America because of the work of Brandy Brown, which has been helping shift the meaning of the word vulnerable to something that is a strength Mm. in Germany that hasn't really happened yet. So um, when I went there last time last summer, I I was talking to like all my friends, all my family members. I was asking them. So like what what do you like? What do you associate with the word vulnerable Uh, like the German word and? what I concluded was that to this day, it's still like the literal meaning, literal meaning of the word is if I'm wearing armor, like if I'm a knight and I'm wearing armor and there's one part of my body that is not protected, that is where I'm vulnerable. So if you like poke me there with your sword, I will die. Wow, so why wow, would wow. you, why, why, why would I expose that part to somebody that I've literally just met? That is um, what, I, I guess the, the feeling around the word is, and um, in North America, I feel like, yeah, it has shifted, but it still, it still takes, it still takes some time for people to, to open up.
0: Mm, whoa. You're saying the word in German is literally something that has to do with like being de-armored essentially. Exactly. Wow. That's so fascinating how yeah just the word itself can completely change the way that we experience the same emotion that we're talking about um, yeah and in different like,
1: places and in the word is the like in the word vulnerable is the word wound wow integrated so it's like if you're vulnerable it's like you have a wound that you're exposing
0: gosh whoa I'm curious what like what's vulnerability felt like for you and I'm asking because I think there's and this is something I've mentioned in several of the uh, conversations on this podcast I think vulnerability has such a I mean still with all of the progressive work that we've all heard about with Brene Brown, I think vulnerability is still not seen in the most uh correct way these days and I think that a lot of people have an idea have an idea around vulnerability that it's like, we're talking about our deepest, darkest secrets, and that like, this is the way that we are vulnerable with each other. And that feels quite scary for most people, understandably. But instead of telling an embarrassing story, like of something silly that you said one time, like that could feel really vulnerable for someone. And that's not necessarily deep and dark and scary. It's just like kind of embarrassing. Um, So I'm, I'm curious what vulnerability has been and maybe now is for you, if that's evolved.
1: Yeah. And the, the, the interesting thing is in my cards, there's three different levels of questions. Mm. So there's curious questions, brave questions, and then vulnerable questions are the the, the deepest ones. And I often describe them as the questions you might not have ever asked anyone or even yourself. So when somebody reads that type of question, usually they will have to take a moment to think about their answer. And while sharing their answer, they will learn something about themselves and then also connect with the other person. And I I believe that there is, yes, there's definitely a risk associated with being vulnerable because you don't know how people will react. And I think that's, I guess the the meaning of the word is um, you're afraid or you don't know how people will will take mm. it when you share something vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and that's why you need to be like taking that risky or courageous step to, to share something But once you do, it it really gives permission to other people to be vulnerable too. It's like, you need to be the first one to open up, to make it okay for everyone else to to open up as well. And that's when, um, like in the back of the the deck, I have this quote that says, relationships travel at the speed of vulnerability. um, Because when we're both vulnerable, once we both share something that we were afraid of telling the other person, that's where relationships grow so much faster, um, and you can like take relationships that maybe take years, if you just talk surface level talk, or might ever get there, down to one conversation where you can connect in a in a way that you didn't even think of.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Just having not knowing how other people are gonna respond, and it's funny because it's like we live so much of our lives. Having the same conversations and the same type of interactions where things feel very predictable, and that's the whole thing around like asking someone, "Hey, how are you?" and they say, "I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm good," and we know exactly how that's going to go, and it is really vulnerable to say something, anything other than "I'm fine," Um, simply because we know that that's going to be unexpected for most people. Maybe perhaps people like you and I, we we can <laughs> typically have conversations that don't go that way. Um, but yeah, that like, generally speaking, that's not, it's not how most people are conversing with one another. And that is really vulnerable.
1: Yeah, I, I have a whole, we can probably talk about the So uh, like, h- how's it going question? Um, <laughs> and especially coming from Germany, where like, nobody ever asks you that, unless they actually want to know. Hmm. So when I first uh, arrived in, in Toronto, in Canada, and my like, new coworkers at the new job asked me, hey, how's it going? I would like, tell them how I slept what I had for breakfast, um, like how I'm feeling emotionally. And they just looked at me like, yeah, I, I don't, I can't even describe it, but you can probably imagine just like in shock. That's not what I was asking, but yeah. thanks.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, wow, we did not ask for all that detail. How, like, why would you tell us how you're really doing? Mm, yeah, it's funny that you say that because, um. I'm also, I'm Israeli and in Israel, like there are like 15 different ways to, to ask, how are you? And, um, and usually like in a single conversation, the first like 10 minutes or so, like it's not uncommon for someone to go through like all 15 of those phrases um, and to just ask in like 10 different ways. Like, how are you doing? What's up? What's new? What, what's going on? Um, and I noticed when I, and I lived in Israel for a bit and I noticed when I was living there and people would ask me how I'm doing and I'd say, I'm fine they would like keep asking me this and they'd be like, like, how are you? And I'm like, yeah, everything's good. And, and like, they would just keep going through this. And it took me a long time to realize like people wanted a real answer out of me. And, um, and it was uncomfortable, like, again, with the, it felt vulnerable to me. Um, yeah, to really give them that response. And, uh, yeah, it's something that really takes practice, I think for sure.
1: Yeah. And I also like, I, I'm not answering that question that way anymore. Um, okay like I I kind of gave into just the the culture that is, that exists here and I answered the question, but then often I try to follow up with like a more meaningful question or like when we got on this call today, like I know that if I ask it or if you ask it and I share a little bit more, it's oftentimes the case that the other person wants to reciprocate. So Mm -hmm. I might not share like my deepest darkest secret, um when you ask me how is it going i might not share as much as when i first came here but i'll <laughs> share a little bit uh that maybe is vulnerable uh just to can open up the door for the conversation to go in a different direction um so i don't even remember what exactly i shared but i probably shared something about um i, I don 't even remember what I shared, but oft- lately I share a lot about uh, like things that i 'm struggling with my son being at home, for example mm-hmm. and um, this could be vulnerable, especially in a professional setting where hey i 'm talking about something personal on a call with somebody that might want to hire me that mm-hmm. is is that frowned upon i don 't know i 'll just do it, and hopefully, if the other person's also a parent, then we 'll connect so much deeper on for the rest of the call then mm-hmm. Uh, if I don't say anything about it.
0: Mm, yeah, I love that you're saying that. And that like those moments of vulnerability, even though they are so scary, like that's what that's what opens the gateway for connection. And um it's it's something that like I think most people know cognitively, like they can understand why that happens. Um, but there's just such a a like a lack of willingness to, to go to that place because there's so much fear. And I I think people really expect themselves to be like perfect at vulnerability right off the bat, which is like, there's, it's even funny to say that because there is no, like, there's nowhere to get with vulnerability. Like Mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. no like achievement that you get at the end of like being vulnerable. Yes. It's kind of interesting. I'm curious, like how else in your life you strike that balance between like not spelling your guts to every person you meet, but also making your interactions more meaningful. Like, how else do you do that in your life?
1: Mm-hmm. I believe that there's a time and place, and people that are um, that will appreciate you being vulnerable, and other people are at times where it's not appropriate. Yeah. And oftentimes, you'll you'll notice if you if you just take your time with it. Like, if you don't jump in with uh, kind of, you don't jump into the deep end of the pool without knowing how to swim. Mm-hmm. You kind of go through through the motions. Um, I actually like to describe that having a deep connection is kind of like building a campfire where you can't expect that if you hold up the lighter to a big log, it will catch fire. <sighs> you have to first you first get your paper and your, uh, your tinder and then you add your little twigs and sticks and then you add your kindling. And then by the end you can add the big log and it will become a beautiful bonfire. But um, you have to like put in that time, and when I'm having a conversation with someone, oftentimes it looks like again what I what I shared earlier, me putting out a little a little hook like uh, it, into the water. I'm sharing something a little bit vulnerable. See how they react. See what kind of follow up questions they ask. If they engage with it, maybe we can go a little bit deeper. If they don't engage it with it, we'll just stay at that level. Um, mm. And maybe try try different things. But um, I. Oftentimes, again, it's, it's, it's hard to explain. You'll, you'll, I think you'll notice from people's like body language, from the energy, at least in person, you can read that a lot better than, than right now with like Zoom calls. Um, Mm -hmm. Like how, how people are engaging with, with questions, with uh, the stories that you share.
0: Yeah, yeah. What I'm hearing you say is like there's a real skillfulness to vulnerability, and it's not something you can just throw a flame and expect that everything is gonna work with that. And that's something that I definitely like had to learn. I think I first started reading Brene Brown's books in like 2015, maybe. I feel like that's when she like sort of started to blow up, and I I didn't really like understand. Not that I didn't know what vulnerability was, but I hadn't understood it in such eloquence um, as the way that she's like gifted all of us to understand more of what it means. Um, though she's not the first person to speak about it by any means, but has become much more mainstream. Yeah, I remember I would just like share everything with everyone after that. Of like, here are all the things I'm struggling with right now, and it, like, did not matter mm-hmm. who I was talking to um, and how well I knew them and what I understood about their capacity to hold space for me or anything like that and one of the brilliant things that Brené Brown says is um what's the exact phrasing i think vulnerability without boundaries is oh wait i forget what the end of her sentence is there but basically like we need we need
1: manipulation
0: yeah or like uh i forget what the word she says but yeah something around like we need to have boundaries around our vulnerability or, or maybe that like bu- vulnerability without boundaries isn't vulnerability. I think that actually might be the phrase. Um, but yeah, when we're sharing everything with everyone that isn't our, our vulnerability is sacred and that like, not everyone deserves your vulnerability. That's another big thing she talks mm-hmm. about. Um, is, like not everyone deserves that. Not everyone has space for it. Not everyone wants it. There's a huge element of like respecting oneself that goes into that. Um, as well, I'm curious if you have any experience with oversharing in that way and what that's been like for you.
1: Um, not from myself. I think mm-hmm. I always have been someone that maybe doesn't share enough. So Ooh. for me, the the lesson was more in um, how can I share a little bit more. Like I always used to be a the more the, the quiet observer mm-hmm. uh, than active participant. Um, but I have witnessed a lot of times where people share something vulnerable and it's kind of too early and it always makes at least one person uncomfortable if not all of them uncomfortable Mm. because if you share something vulnerable and the other person is not ready for it they will be uncomfortable and then you will you will be uncomfortable because they're uncomfortable and it's just this awkward moment that nobody knows what to do with it Mm. Um, and especially when I was kind of creating the cards and tested out some of the questions. In the beginning, there were no three different categories. It was just like deep questions. All of them are deep. And uh, <laughs> one of the cards literally said, um, uh, what was it? Have you ever cheated? And a question that actually is not part of the deck anymore because I, I've realized that it was a lot more triggering and people most of the time thought of relationships not anything in school or Mm. or anything else in life. Mm. And uh, the interesting thing, though, is that the one person who got that card, she was not ready to talk about it. And now, like five years later, she just did a storytelling show for the first time sharing that story. Um, So it's not that she wasn't able to answer the question, she just wasn't ready.
0: Mm.
1: and she told me afterwards made her very uncomfortable just even reading the question without even answering it Mm. Uh, so yeah you have to really make sure that you take your time to build that trust especially with the people that you're around
0: yeah absolutely really setting the container for safety and and allowing people to like opt out also really Mm -hmm. setting those boundaries for themselves um i'm curious so i'm thinking that like maybe some of the people listening to this would be thinking like okay jan this all sounds great We can be vulnerable when people are ready for it um, or when like the group is ready for it. But how do we know when that happens? Like, what is, what does that mean? How do we create those spaces where people can readily feel um, primed to be vulnerable um, to whatever degree that might mean for them? What, what do you say about that?
1: The biggest and most important thing for any like deep connection to happen for any like vulnerable stories to be shared is that everybody needs to be present in the conversation and Mm. that is the one reason why when i host in-person events i usually tell everyone uh, like we'll have like a turning our phones off ceremony at the beginning and sometimes (sighs) we even create like cell phone sleeping bags out of envelopes that people can customize and draw things on as like an activity as people are coming in the door because if you have this thing that is buzzing in your pocket with like notifications and distractions it's always going to take your, your presence your, um, you, you from away from the conversation that you're having. So to me, that is, that is required. And like, not just putting away your phone, but really being present means not just listening to the voice in your head and the, question, or the story that you want to share once there's a gap in, in the other person's story, uh, I oftentimes tell tell the example of like somebody telling you about their amazing vacation they went to in Mexico and they just came back had this amazing trip and they went to, um, I don't know, see all these sites and ate all this great food. And you're just thinking the whole time as they're telling their story, oh, I went to Mexico two years ago and there's this really great restaurant. Oh my God, I can't wait to tell them about it. That's like <laughs> not really being present in their story because if you were, you would probably be thinking of maybe a follow-up question or like to, uh, ask them to share more of their story so you really understand their experience before um, you tell your, your part of the story and almost like interrupt them. So I yeah, I think that, that that type of presence is almost like a muscle like meditation that you have to practice or like bringing your back uh, to, to like listen, listen deeply. Um, And it takes a lot of, a lot of practice, but yeah, that's, that's like the most important thing.
0: Yeah. And it really is wild how often we lack presence in conversations and, and there are so many distractions. And I also think there's a certain element of feeling, um, feeling disconnected from what the person that you're talking to is saying and that i think is one of the really beautiful powerful things about asking powerful questions is because when when i ask something that i really genuinely want to know about you and you're answering a question that you really genuinely feel curious about answering like everybody wins and there's like you amplify the engagement in that conversation by like a thousand and just so often we're asking questions that we don't care about the answer to like i'm not going to ask you about where some I'm not gonna ask, like, oh, where'd you go to college? Cause I don't care. I don't care. It's not giving me any information about you, any kind of insight about you. And if someone asks me about where I grew up, it's like, I don't care. I don't want to answer that question. It like doesn't, it just like isn't meaningful to me, which doesn't mean that those answers and questions couldn't be meaningful to others because they definitely are. Um, but yeah, there's something about questions that like helps to amplify that presence and engagement so much when I like really want to know what you're gonna say and you feel really excited about telling me, it's so powerful.
1: Yeah, I I, I totally agree. Like I've I've completely changed, exchanged the repertoire of questions I have when I first meet someone. Um, And I don't ask people, what do you do? Because I know that will either be a dead end of them saying, I'm an accountant. And that's the end of the the conversation. Or um, again, I might not actually be interested in what they do, but who they are Mm -hmm. um, more so. So what are some different questions I can ask? Or what are some again, if the conversation is already starting, how can I ask different follow-up questions to learn more about the other person and reframe the the whole conversation? Like, again, put out one of those hooks and see if they bite, if they go in that direction with me. Um, I'll, I'll share one example that I had before the whole pandemic happened and um, I was sitting in an Uber and it was raining, it was uh, like here in Canada, pretty cold. and the rain turned into snow and the Uber driver was just complaining about the weather. And then I kind of gave in and said, yes, it's so cold. And and (laughs) he told me, Oh, and it's going to be like that for like another week. And then we're just both sitting in the car being so like down (laughs) by talking about the weather that um, I just needed to like change the conversation. And I asked him, so, so what do you love to do inside when it's so cold outside? And then he told me that he like, he loves to read and he's reading this book. And then we started to connect on all the books we were reading or not reading because we buy too many books and they're just sitting on our desk. And immediately like, we connected and we talked about something positive. And it was just like this little question that helped me get the conversation from us complaining about the weather, which yes, we connected on that. Like We agreed that we both didn't like how cold it is. But it's a different flavor, different feeling of, of connection than connecting on something that we're both passionate and excited about.
0: Yeah. And I'm hearing that like instead of talking about something informational of like, oh, here's what's happening around us. Here's this thing that like we're not really connected to, but like something like the weather or sports or television or something. Like there's this thing that's happening outside of us and we could talk about that or we could talk about our personal experience with that thing and yeah, bringing it down to the personal level and saying, okay, yeah, when it's raining, what is my experience? What do I like to do indoors? And um, yeah, I love that. That's so powerful. It's so beautiful. Have there been instances recently, have there been experiences where you're like trying to get to a deeper place with a person and they are just not participating? Like they're just not into your questions and they don't, they feel uncomfortable or like sort of any level of depth feels like too much for them. Do you have that experience ever?
1: I think I'm really trying trying hard to think of the last moment that happened because lately I've been also attracting a lot of people because of, I guess, what I put out there, like us connecting. Mm. I'm like, yes, we're going to have a great conversation. I'm not worried at all. Um, yeah. But the last time probably was when I attended like a regular networking event that I also decided I'm not attending any, any unfacilitated networking events anymore. But a friend kind of told me, hey, this is a really cool thing. You should come. So I went and um, a person like the, there was free drinks and I, I got a beer. And then, of course, a person walks up and is like, hey, what do you do without even asking for my name first or anything? Um, and I gave them the answer that I told you earlier. And I said, I help people feel less alone. And he kind of just nodded and turned away. And I'm like mm. oh, I'm so grateful
0: <laughs> nah. that
1: I don't have to go into details because he obviously wouldn't have resonated with anything that I would have said after that
0: yeah. so um,
1: i'm I'm realizing more and more also that um, by now i've i figured out the places that I can go where where I will connect with the right people mm-hmm. and where what are the places I probably am not going to to enjoy myself that much um, and it's okay if I don't connect with everyone. That's mm-hmm. not the point. It's mm-hmm. to find the ones that you that you really hit it off with.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. I think that's a beautiful thing about vulnerability is it helps us to really understand, to, to become better at discernment and to know like, oh, when I share myself in the way that feels meaningful to me, And first of all, like understanding what that even means and going and spilling my guts to everyone. Oh, that actually doesn't feel meaningful to me. That actually doesn't work for me. Okay, so I'm learning to refine what that, what meaningful sharing does feel like. Once Mm -hmm. I learn what that is, then yeah, it helps for me to discern who are the people that are attracted to that and who also want to have a reciprocal sharing experience and relationship with me in that way. Yeah, and it's, it's so beautiful that like, doing something that feels like a little scary, a little edgy when we're sharing ourselves and we don't always know how it's going to turn out. By doing that, we get to have more meaningful and fulfilling relationships, which is just like the number one indicator of happiness and health and most important thing in our lives. And it's, uh, yeah, so crucial.
1: Exactly. And the other thing I was just thinking of is now with having, like I'm having so many calls on on Zoom Mm -hmm. with people that I'm just meeting. And like, there's definitely a risk that, I won't connect with everyone because mm-hmm. we're we're just like messaging and then like let's set up a call. And the great thing is after like half an hour, whatever length of the call is, you know it'll be over. So at least I can say, oh, I just have to get through like another 10 minutes of this call and then I'm probably not ever gonna hear from that person again. Uh, because we didn't we didn't vibe with each other. Um, and then there's other calls where I'm like, oh man, half an hour felt so short. We definitely have to mm-hmm. chat again. But at least it's much easier to like end a conversation that isn't going so well if there is like a time limit.
0: Mm, Yeah, putting that container on it. Well, I want to be mindful of our time. And before we close, I want to do two things. One, I want you to share with the people where they can find more information about you and the things that you're doing. Um, And after that, I want to ask you a series of lightning round questions that I ask all my guests.
1: Ooh, are they gonna be deep lightning round questions?
0: Of course, Jan, what do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Of course, awesome. So yeah, please tell everyone where we can find more information about you and the things that you do.
1: Yes. So the easiest place to go is askdeepquestions.com. That is much easier to spell than, um, my name, but it will actually (laughs) take you to, to my website where you'll find out about the cards and about the events and workshops and all the other things that I'm, I'm creating. Um, yeah. And that's like, please, if you're listening to this, I would love to to connect with you. Send me a message on like Instagram or Facebook. Mm. Uh, I, I always love when, when I go somewhere and then I get a message, Hey, this really resonates, resonated with me.
0: Beautiful. Great. Yeah. Highly recommend that card deck. Okay. Are you ready for your questions? Let's do it. Okay. Number one, uh, what is something that most people wrongly assume about you?
1: Um, because I'm German, they probably think that I'm not funny. Um, and.
0: (laughs) That's funny.
1: It's, it's hard to say that about myself, but I think I'm funny. Yeah. So, so yeah, that.
0: I'm going to ask a follow up question. Where does like your funniness come out the most?
1: That's a good question. (laughs) I used to take improv classes and I always, I often surprised myself by what I would come up with on the spot so it's not something that i would rehearse and like perfect it's more like in the moment um and again like i was sharing earlier that i'm often not necessarily the person in in the center of attention but like i'm gonna wait to speak and then like friends tell me like you said one thing and that was really funny and you didn't say anything for like the rest of the the (laughs) call or the meeting um so i just yeah I wait for the right, right moment to deliver the line.
0: Yeah, I, I love those types of people who just like, they don't say much, but when they open their mouths, it is high quality content. Like, I love that. Beautiful. Um, what is something that you would like to be acknowledged more for in your life?
1: Hmm. I think right now, again, this is an interesting time that we're in. There has been so many people posting about, oh my God, I have so much extra time and I can do all these projects and all these things and read all these books. And like people invite me to join book clubs and I'm a parent and both my wife and me are self-employed. It feels like we have less time because we have to take care of a kid on top of running a business. And I think that um, like I would like to acknowledge anybody else who's, who's going through that and that's also maybe something i would like to be acknowledged a little bit more for um yeah just the how challenging it is and still being able to to succeed with with the goals and the the plans that you have
0: mm. yeah i'm i'm big time acknowledging all the parents who are with their kids right now it sounds challenging
1: yeah especially like my my son is a year and a half so again mm. like i said playing lego building forts Um, he's easily entertained and entertaining is most of the time like most what we have to do with him we don't have to get him to sit in front of a computer and learn something and trying to like take care of what teachers teach their kids so Mm -hmm. i i think those parents that have older kids need to be acknowledged even more
0: definitely and their kids also like understand what they're missing whereas your son maybe is just like enjoying extra time with his parents and um, doesn't have cognitive understanding of the fact that like the world is really changing right now. Um, Yeah. So it's, it's definitely a challenge to help older children in that way. Um, Beautiful. Question three, what do you think most people learn from you?
1: Right now the interesting thing that has happened is that I've been running this series of workshops on kind of teaching people how to recreate that magic of in-person events online so especially right now i would say that a lot of people learn from me how to see the opportunity that exists in in this virtual space like i i used to think that technology is a barrier for connection now i'm trying to experiment so much and figure out ways how it can be leveraged to create experiences that we couldn't even do in person or at least recreate things that we did um, so we can feel connected to each other. And yeah, just that mindset of like, Hey, yes, this is, this is the challenge that we've been given. What is the best we can make out of it? I'm hoping that that's what, what people learn from me.
0: And last question, and I'm very excited to hear your answer on this. What is one of your favorite questions to ask other people to help you to get to know them?
1: Ooh, uh, as like a, a first question or a later question? Actually, I, I, already know the, I already know the answer uh, to probably both.
0: Great, let's hear um, it.
1: What, one of my favorite questions is, and I'm curious if you're probably gonna ask me that after anyways, but uh, th- my favorite question is, if we met a year from today, what will we be celebrating?
0: Whoa, that's a good one.
1: So maybe, maybe, maybe we can go, you can go first and you could share what you, you would be celebrating oh. and then I can share to you and bonus tip. If anybody's asking this question <laughs> and you're connecting with someone, put it in the calendar a year from that day and then follow up and have a bottle of champagne or have some kind of celebration to, to check in.
0: Oh, hell yeah. That's great. Is, is this question more geared towards like, what are my personal accomplishments that we'd, we would be celebrating?
1: It's totally up to you. Totally up like, to me. If, mm-hmm. if, if you visualized us going to a restaurant and like ordering, hey, let's get a bottle of champagne. We have something to celebrate. What is it?
0: Oh, okay. That's so great. Oh my, I, yeah, The visual aspect for me just like adds so much excitement around it. Um. Wow. Okay. We would be celebrating um, the new keynote that I started writing a year ago and the fact that I've been able to share it with thousands of people. Um, And we would be celebrating the fact that I was just invited to give this talk about loneliness and creating more meaningful connection in our lives. We, We would celebrate the fact that I was Invited to share this with the biggest audience that I've ever spoken to um, and that my podcast has reached 10,000 downloads. Actually, wow, 100,000.
1: <laughs> nice. Yes. yes. Why, why not dream big? A year is yeah. a long time. A year is like a long the, time. The one thing I've learned in the last few weeks is with the very little time that you have, that I have being like at home with my son in the morning and then trying to be productive is I've accomplished a lot more in the last two months that I have in the last year. Mm, wow. Like if you if you're, have the clarity and you're like committed and you build some momentum, you can totally accomplish those things.
0: Mm. And what about you? What are we celebrating when we're opening the bottle of champagne a year from today?
1: I think the one thing I would love to celebrate, hopefully even earlier, so I might have to like scale up the the actual numbers by by a year from now is to have this community of facilitators, community builders that are using my cards and have been trained by me to use my cards at different in-person events, online workshops to just facilitate deeper connections for people and um, let me let me put up a number um I in a year from now, I definitely want to get you actually I have to look at my my counter on my website because I'm tracking the number of meaningful conversations that have been started with my cards
0: ah.
1: based on there being forty eight questions in each deck and how many I've sold, and I know that I'm right now at maybe around seventy thousand wow uh, conversations based on that, so. To go with your let's just say half a million that seems like way out of my comfort zone Mm
0: -hmm. but also
1: also not so far stretched like I just have to go like five times as much as now
0: Mm. Uh, amazing definitely worthy of a celebration well Jan this has been so fantastic I could talk to you all day about connection and good questions and I'm, yeah, I'm so grateful to be connected with you and, um, you're doing such amazing work and I'm so, yeah, 70,000 conversations like, yes, that I love, 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 love to hear that. That just makes me excited to live in a world where people are opening up more meaning in their lives through talking to one another in that way.
1: It's so needed, especially now, but also I feel like there's a big wave of, of people like there's a movement happening of, um, people have the courage to have these, these deep and meaningful conversations
0: yeah absolutely absolutely and you're totally part of the the catalyst for that so thank you for doing that work
1: yeah th- thanks for for inviting me on your podcast and having of this conversation Of
0: course. yeah this has it's been fun. so wonderful and um thank you so much for joining this is so beautiful All right, y'all, that is the episode with Jan. I hope you enjoyed it. I love you so much. And I will be back next week with the next episode. Thank you for listening.